On today's episode of Riding a 3x3 Solo Venture, your host Russ Heltman as I dive deep into bowl season, my favorite bowl names, favorite bowl matchups. Then we get into the NBA opening few day slate. I give overreactions, some fun overreactions to the first couple games of action before closing things out with NFL Week 16. Just a few more games on the docket before we get into the playoffs. I have my three favorite matchups and some keys to those before closing out the show. We'll have Patrick Fetch back on the NFL Week 16 recap edition of the program next week, and that'll be our uh, only other show to close out 2020. So get them while they're hot here at Riding the 3x3. You can catch us on Spotify, Google, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get into lane number one. Lane number one on this weekend preview edition of Riding the 3x3, a bowl-loaded weekend in college football. So many bowl games to get to. Uh, a, a part of the season, a part of winter that we thought might not come when uh, the entire season was up in flux back in the, the summer months. But it's here. It's thriving. We're ready to roll. Got things kicked off uh, this past week with the Idaho Potato Bowl, the Music City Bowl, all those good little tasters before we get into the New Year's Six and that good stuff. Best matchup, I think, outside of the playoff, to me, has got to be Georgia versus Cincinnati. I'm a little biased here with my Bearcats, who are going to be pretty steady favorites. Touchdown underdogs currently to Kirby Smart and his Georgia Bulldogs team. This is a game that I think Cincinnati can can easily pull the upset here. I don't know what motivation Georgia is going to have in this football game when they're going up against a Cincinnati team that was gypped out of the playoff. It's a two-loss Georgia squad that really played right at their potential this season. They didn't have the blow-you-away blow type of offense to be able to hang in some of these huge games, i.e. their 44-28 loss to Florida and then the uh, the rough, uh, rough time between the hedges at home earlier in the season against Notre Dame. So to me, Georgia is a team that I, I could see having some issues. Uh, sorry, not against Notre Dame, against Alabama. What am I talking about there? 41-24 loss this past uh, October 17th uh, against the number two team in the land. And that's the issue for them it, it is these big high-powered offenses, one of which uh, Desmond Ritter has been able to captain with him and the UC Bearcats, well-known for um, their defense but the offense has been very good so far this season. I love what they've put together uh, with Desmond Ritter as the quarterback of the University of Cincinnati Bearcats on the year, ranked 14th in, in rushing yards, 225 yards per game, top 50 in passing yards as well, and a top 15 total scoring offense with 39.3 points per game. I do like this matchup for the Cincinnati Bearcats. I think they'll at least keep this one within a touchdown, and it's my favorite matchup overall because I, I believe it's going to be a really good game. Give me the Bearcats here, 34-28 to 28 over the Georgia Bulldogs in a uh, classic from the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Another really good matchup and one that I think is right there neck and neck with the UC game, Florida versus Oklahoma, number seven versus number six. You have this Oklahoma team that if they've been playing football like this all year long, I wholeheartedly believe they would be undefeated champions in the Big 12 and maybe uh, booting one of the one-loss ACC teams and the Clemson Tigers or the Notre Dame Fighting Irish out of their prospective playoff spots. But Spencer Rattler came on 
Not exactly at the right time, but as a freshman, you wanted to see this type of growth from him. He's been really good this season, 2,700 yards through the air, 25 touchdowns to seven picks, but nothing compared to the SEC Maven on the other side. Kyle Trask, 4,100 yards, 43 touchdowns to five interceptions. He would have won the Heisman Trophy had the Florida Gators avoided some of those pitfalls throughout the season, but they're two-and-a-half-point underdogs to Oklahoma, and that feels about right to me. It seems as though the oddsmakers have gotten this one spot on. Be ready for points, people. Over under a 71.5. I would be kind of shocked if either of these teams are held below 40 points, although Oklahoma, big game, going up against heightened defensive SEC competition. We know what can happen there. So give me the give me the Sooners here. I think they get the job done. In a three-point contest, narrow covering of the spread. Let's go. We'll go 45-42 barn burner. Cotton Bowl Classic lives up to its name in this one. So my my, my uh, good previews right there for the two favorite and two most intriguing non-playoff bowl games in my eyes. But the, uh, the names. Let's get to the names here. My favorite name from a bowl has got to be the matchup between Wisconsin and the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. The Duke's Mayo Bowl, baby. It doesn't get any better than this. How, how fitting that the Midwestern, cheese-filled, carb-loading Wisconsin Badgers get placed firmly in uh, in the old Mayo Bowl to go up against Wake Forest Demon Deacons. That that, that fits perfectly with, uh, with their clientele out there. And Madison, 72% favorites on ESPN Matchup Protector to win this game. They're seven-point favorites on the betting line. Got to think that... Graham Mertz, the young quarterback, and that uh, Wisconsin rough-and-tumble rushing attack and get the job done here. But we'll see what happens in the Mayo Bowl. I don't know necessarily that I'm going to be keying in on that one as much as the uh, the Cotton Bowl or the Peach Bowl. And then one I'm definitely not going to be tuning into, day after day, Boxing Day, as they call it in Canada, the day after Christmas, Western Kentucky taking on the Georgia State Panthers. 5-4 and four, Georgia State versus 5-6 and six Western Kentucky. I don't even know why they're scheduling this game. It's a pandemic, people. Like, do we really need this team? these two teams playing? What are we doing here? 5-4 and four versus 5-6. and six, Non-power 5. Doesn't really get the juices flowing. Although, it's expected to be a pretty tight game as Georgia State, a 3.5-point favorite here. The Lending Tree Bowl. A boring name. A boring matchup. This one screams not This one screams non-appointment viewing for, uh, for the day after. Christmas. So that's the bowl slate. We'll see what happens in those fun non-power five, or excuse me, non-playoff matchups between Georgia and Cincinnati and then Florida versus Oklahoma. The uh, the New Year's Day game is going to be very fun. And of course, the college football playoff will be an intriguing watch. Pat and I will be back to give our prediction on the ensuing national championship matchup that will get decided on January 1st. Cruising into lane number two, the NBA is back, fully rolling every single team has gotten into action except for the Oklahoma City Thunder. They still can't find out out they got their they were the team that got canceled against the Jazz when this whole thing got rolling back in early March and they still can't get their games rolling as the Houston Rockets did not have enough players on Thursday evening. The required eight bodies to field a basketball team because their star uh, point guard, star guard James Harden thought it would be good to go out to a club once again during a pandemic and face more consequences due to the NBA's protocols. I've said my piece on James Harden. He is, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's doing what he thinks is right right now for his career. Not necessarily in agreement with it, but we carry on. Some things I am in agreement with, or I'm going to boost up and overrate here on this lane two from the weekend edition of Riding the 3x3. Number one, from Wednesday night, 
excuse me, from Tuesday night, the first game of the 2020 NBA season, my overreaction, the Brooklyn Nets, who I picked to win the Eastern Conference this season, will have the number one offense in the entire NBA this season. 125-99 victory over the Golden State Warriors. It was like they sleptwalked to the victory a century. Kyrie Irving was amazing. He and Kevin Durant were were just a beautiful pairing. 26 points from Irving, 22 points from KD, who only had to play 25 minutes in his first extended action since coming off of that Achilles injury from the 2019 NBA Finals. They just have scores at every level of their team. Spencer Denwitty is like a little fun little toy that they get to use as a bench option scoring from their guard spot. Karis LeVert, same thing. He's right on his way. 20 points the other night to uh, to be neck and neck with the other contenders for sixth man of the year. He's going to have a very good say in that race. To me, they're just loaded. They're loaded with offensive talent across the board. Torian Prince, KD, Kyrie Irving, Joe Harris, Spencer Denwitty, Karis LeVert. There's not enough men in a five-man lineup to be able to guard what the Brooklyn Nets bring to the offensive table. And on top of that, like some of these games... Yes, they were 10th in defensive efficiency last year, but I don't think they're going to be nearly as good on defense this season. So because of that, it's going to require a little bit more scoring from their uh, from their offensive firepower. And because of that, it's going to add more and more fuel to their path of uh, leading the NBA in scoring this season. Last year, it was the Dallas Mavericks, who were, uh, funny enough, the most efficient NBA offense in the history of the league. We'll see what kind of uh, encore they have this season, but I expect the Brooklyn Nets to be pacing the league in scoring. That's going to be my overreaction from their first night. My second overreaction from the opening couple nights in the league is going to be the Suns owning the title of the best crunch time crunch time team in the league this year. Last year, it was the Oklahoma City Thunder. This year, I think it's going to be the Phoenix Suns, and there's one common denominator between those two teams. Chris Paul. Dude was an absolute maven, a wizard leading their crunch time offense against the Dallas Mavericks on their opening night. Victory 106-102 over uh, the favored Dallas Mavericks who were expected, uh, or actually no, the Phoenix Suns were a one-point favorite in that game. So a little bit of a toss-up, and you need a guy like Chris Paul when you're going into a tight crunch time type of scenario in a toss-up battle against a very talented offensive team. Chris Paul was not necessarily MVP level in this game, only at eight points, two for two from the free throw line, didn't hit a three, but had five assists, was was making things happen on the boards, led the team in assists on the night, and really just made sure to keep the offense flowing once things got to non-crunching time. Yes, they had a competent point guard that was able to help them facilitate that a little bit better than years past last year, and Ricky Rubio, but Chris Paul is just on a whole nother level. He was the captain of the best crunch time offense, i.e. less than five minutes left in the game, five uh, the score within five points last year in the Oklahoma City Thunder. This team is even more talented offensively in my eyes in the Phoenix Suns team he's captaining this year. So I fully expect them to, uh, after dominating crunch time play uh, in night one, to continue dominating crunch time play through night 72 give me the suns as my number two or my number one crunch time team this season with chris paul at the helm nba christmas day slates it's going to be a very fun festive holiday fully loaded lineup new orleans miami golden state milwaukee brooklyn boston dallas la and then clippers versus denver 
whew, shocked, loaded in that one. I'm liking that uh, that that Brooklyn Boston matchup, back to back appearances after the uh, the preseason debut for KD. He got a nice little uh, whooping in on Boston a couple nights ago. We'll see what they have in store for. Uh, the old Slim Reaper, Friday at 5 p.m. on ABC. And then we're leading right into Dallas, L.A. Lakers, and Clippers, Denver. That's an unbelievable trio to close out the Christmas Day holiday. And that closes out lane number two on this ES, on this weekend recap edition or weekend preview edition of riding a 3 by 3 Lane three, NFL Week 16, huge, huge matchups. Three huge matchups in particular this weekend starting in Pittsburgh. Who, how the mighty have fallen. The Steelers, losers of three straight games, going up against the most consistent offense in the NFL, according to Football Outsiders DVOA. The Colts have faced the easiest schedule of opposing defenses in the NFL, yet they are number one in Football Outsiders variance on offense, meaning they stay the steadiest of any offense week to week. They consistently pour in the same performance, but they have obviously varied with their competition. Same thing I've been telling the Pat in all of our recap editions uh, following each and every Sunday. This team kind of tends to play right down the middle. They're going to lose to the best teams and beat the worst teams. They got a chance to prove us all wrong in that scenario right, near, right now. Even though Pittsburgh is reeling just a bit, they are still a very good defense statistically. And it's a chance for Phillip Rivers to really prove whether or not he has it, ha- the, the the performances against top-tier defenses have not really been there this season. He's got a chance to prove it against Pittsburgh, who is number two in EPA per play on defense in 2020, going up against Phillip Rivers, who has this Colts team at 10-4. and four. When put in the right scenario, I thought he could shine, and that's exactly what has happened thus far, except he has to show it against a true, true titan of a defense. They get to uh, have that showcase this weekend. If Pittsburgh loses here, the Colts can seal up a playoff berth along with opening the door for the Cleveland Browns should they get a victory this weekend against the Jets to have a proverbial, what I would imagine would be a Sunday night flexed AFC North championship game next weekend against Pat's Pittsburgh Steelers. I wonder why... It's funny, Pat isn't here to discuss this Colts-Steelers game right now when, uh, when when the guy he was ripping on, Phillip Rivers, could could be adding more chinks to the armor of the Pittsburgh Steelers' path to lifting the AFC North Championship. Phillip Rivers, little nugget here, needs one touchdown pass to tie Dan Marino for fifth on the all-time career list. Be a first-valid Hall of Famer, in my opinion. He'll try to add to that legacy with another big-time W at 1 p.m. against Pittsburgh. Game number two here. Quick pick on that Colts-Steelers game. Give me the Colts 24-20 to over the Steelers there. They continue to send Pittsburgh real. And Tennessee versus Green Bay, the proverbial Matt LaFleur Bowl. The offensive coordinator of the Titans two seasons ago moves on in 2019 to take over the reins of the Green Bay Packers. And now they both face each other a combined 21-7 and on the season, Arthur Smith has just taken the bones of what Matt LaFleur's offensive system was put in place and heightened it under Ryan Tannehill. The key here is Matt LaFleur knowing the tendencies of this offense. What can he do with Mike Pettin during this game plan week to make sure Ryan Tannehill doesn't get to his safe spots, i.e. the play action? 
completely different quarterback when the guy is turning his back and faking a handoff versus just dropping back three steps and letting that thing sling. They have to figure out a way to take Derrick Henry and the effect he has, obviously easier said than done, out of this ballgame. And it's obviously going to be much easier said than done for a Green Bay team that is 18th in rushing EPA per play on the season and one that has been gashed kind of time and time again by the biggest names among the running back circles in this league. So huge opportunity for Green Bay to continue their stranglehold on the NFC number one seed, get to 12-3, and three, and really put a, a safe distance between them and the New Orleans Saints versus the Tennessee Titans neck and neck tied up right now with the Indianapolis Colts at 10-4. and four. And they also split the season series when the Indianapolis one to one. So this is a massive game for Tennessee, who I th- I think falls in a close one, a classic, a Sunday night thriller, thirty one to thirty against the Green Bay Packers. Both teams hit the thirty point barrier, and it's it's just going to be an awesome matchup between two of the top five offenses in terms of production, efficiency, whatever way you want to slice it. The Titans right now lead the NFL with 436 points, while the Packers are right behind them at 434 points. So the Titans win. They clinch a playoff berth for the second straight year and the third time in four seasons, while they'll need a strong performance once again from Derrick Henry and likelihood to win this one. Leader in the NFL rushing yards with 1,679 on the season. That is also a career high. He's trying to become the, or he just became the fourth player in league history with 1,500 yards and 15 touchdowns in back-to-back years. It'll be a fun one. Titans fall, though, 31-30 to in the old Matt LaFleur Bowl. Every week, it feels like one of these teams from this division makes it into the three key matchups uh, cut for riding a 3x3 weekend preview. The Rams versus the Seahawks. Division title on the line. Seahawks can clinch the NFC West with a victory over the Los Angeles Rams, the team they are ahead of in the division by one game currently. Two-point favorites over Sean McVay and the Seattle Seahawks. McVay, huge issues with his buddy Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco. Not as many issues with Pete Carroll in Seattle. 5-2 and two overall record under his time with the Los Angeles Rams. He uh, won their game against the Seahawks this season. 23-16, to 16, held the Seattle Seahawks' high-flying passing attack to basically nothing. That was the first time all season, really, that the Seattle Seahawks have been held pretty much in check. When you look at that loss to the uh, Los Angeles Rams, they were fresh off of a 34-point victory, or 34-point outing against the, uh, the Buffalo Bills. And leading up to that point, there had not been one game where they had produced less than thir- less than 30 points in the entire season. Sean McVay and Brandon Staley, their defensive coordinator, came up with the cover two high man shell to basically force everything in front of Russell Wilson, not allow him to take those huge deep shots to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Metcalf in particular in that matchup was held to less than 30 yards receiving. And that was the blueprint that teams like the Giants have used since then. The Eagles have used since then as well. Uh, keeping that offense in check held them to 23 points in a loss, albeit. And also this past weekend against the Washington football team. If you have a sound, strong pass rush that can get home with four players while dropping seven men in coverage, 
then you can give Russell Wilson a lot of fits. I honestly expect that to continue, go against the public betting, go against the public kind of uh, bias here after the Rams laid that stupid egg in the loss to the New York Jets. Any given Sunday, indeed, I think they come back around and get the victory 23-20 to over the Seattle Seahawks. They hold Russell Wilson in check once again. Big fall. Big fall for Road Russ after he was the runaway favorite to win the MVP about eight weeks ago. Not really in the conversation anymore. No sucker bet this week. I don't have Pat here. I don't want to ruin the vibes, although there aren't really any vibes to ruin considering we've gone like one in five in the past three weeks picking suckers. So we won't subject you to that. And if you had been uh, wishing for the subjection because you want to fade the picks, sorry, you don't get to make money off of our sadness this week. For uh, for a non-existent Patrick Fetch, he'll be back on Monday. I'm Russ Heltman, closing out riding a 3x3 weekend preview edition. It's bowl season, it's NBA basketball season, and it's the closing weeks of the NFL regular season. Few better times to be alive as a sports fan. Enjoy all the action, everybody.